This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, the Clarets are back at Turf Moor for back-to-back home games looking to get their championship campaign back onto a flying start. This is the Known and Never podcast. Hello and welcome once again to the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me this week are regular analysis show uh, pundits, shall we call them pundits, guests, analysis, who knows, whatever they want to be called. We have got George Poole and we have got Charlotte Rigby. Uh, This week, listeners, we are looking back on that uh, lovely night at home under the turf more floodlights against Hull, 1-1 on the night. Again, the Clarets went behind, but again, they managed to pull it back. Um, Charlotte George, lots to talk about this evening and, and lots to anal- analyse. Do you know what, listeners? I tend to make my own words upon the podcast, and you know what? I've got to the stage where I'm just going to run with it. Uh, we've got lots to analyse. Uh, George, let's start with you. Let's come flying in, please. Um, what was your overall opinion of last night? I think it was, it was very similar to the Watford game, not in the result, but in terms of the performance in that for maybe 70, 75 minutes, you're thinking, you know, okay, look, they scored. But as it was really promising. I found I found it enjoyable to watch. We weren't creating an enormous amount of chances, but I do like us passing the ball and, you know, it's something different to watch. And I think maybe that you, you feel a little bit deflated because of the last 15 minutes, maybe a lack of urgency, maybe too much passing for our own good at some, some points. Uh, you could argue. So, yeah, overall, a promising performance and I enjoyed watching it, but possibly soured maybe by the last 10 minutes and you're thinking we're not really going for it here. So, yeah, there's plenty, but there's plenty to uh, there's plenty to talk about and I'll tell you what, it will make for a good podcast. So, swings and roundabouts, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Um, Charlotte, there was, um, a- again, we- we've seen this pattern emerging already coming out of, of Vincent Company's Burnley. Um an incredibly, incredibly dominant performance. And the whole whole goal especially, I don't think I've seen a, a goal come so against the run of play. Yeah, it was definitely, like we said, dominating performance. The possession, it's all ours. The, the, you think, oh, there's only one team that's going to win here. And then, again, we, we're not 
kind of following it through that we conceded goals that we shouldn't really like we say it's a it's against the the runner player that we're seeing and it's one of them things I think if you go one nil up you're feeling more confident that we're going to be able to keep hold of it we're going to be able to keep hold of those points but when we go one nil down you think I don't see us getting two back um even though we are dominated even though we are definitely in control of the whole game and it is it's one of them things that like some people were saying they're not enjoying watching it I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying watching it I think it's great to see a team that can be so dominant when we're not really used to it and I'm enjoying seeing us being able to pass that ball around the park playing some good football and we do get a little bit let down in that final third four is at the moment we're not seeing too much where we think we're definitely going to going to score here where if we everything gels together I think once we get everyone on the same page we could we could end up really dominating some teams and and if we carry on the way the passing play we are and we finally get that kind of last piece in there we we're gonna we could batter some people you know and hopefully we do hopefully we get up on our feet a few times you know and and we get our just rewards and it is a it is a game of patience and you know, we're very early on in the season and a game of patience and we'll get there and we'll start battering people and we'll all be buzzing. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like the attitude. Um, it's a really valid point, isn't it, George? I mean, for so many years now, we've been, whilst understanding the need for it and the overall purpose, we have been frustrated by the lack of entertaining football at Turf Moor at times and, and having to constantly grind out that 1-0 win or that 0-0 draw um, for the sake of the end result. Um, we've definitely not got that this season. We are, well, I think from an entertainment perspective, it's it, I'm so excited for games. It's hugely entertaining to watch. But I think it's fair to say that I don't think there'll be many, if any, teams that come to Turf more, or we go to them this season and we outplay them. I feel like we could easily be the best football inside in the entire league. I totally agree. I went to the, I was um, at the Cardiff City versus Birmingham City on Saturday, the game, sorry, and watching watching those two teams, teams play football and not to all of a sudden sound like a football snob, but I was thinking, <laughs> but at the same, at the same time, it was like, it was night and day to to watching us and look, you know, fair enough, Cardiff are above us in the league at the moment and fair play to them. But in terms of watching the football, it it was just it was like watching a different game. And I, I can understand I can understand why people might be frustrated with last night. And I'm wary of us all three saying, wow, it's amazing to watch when, you know, some people are going off last night and thinking, oh, you know, it wasn't great. But I think a good example of the sort of change we're seeing from the last era to this one is Jay Rodriguez in that. He was signed by Dyche. He's a man who could suit Dyche's system. You know, he's a big lad. He can win headers and he can play as that two up top. But then last night, you see him in a completely different system. And personally, I thought it was like a joy to watch the way he passes the ball, he links up play. So when it's on the ground, J-Rod, as much as he, as he suited Dyche's system, he's an example of how he can really prosper under the possession football that company's playing. Um, and obviously, we'll talk about the strikers later, but I was... Impressed by J-Rod. And yeah, look, it is enjoyable to watch. And the passing through the lines, the patience we show, It occasionally you think, is it a bit too much? But you know what? I'm enjoying watching it. And I think, like Charlotte says, you you do just feel as though it, it's coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen soon where yeah. everything's going to fall into place and we do pick up a really good victory. Yeah, definitely. Um, Charlotte, one of the things that really struck me last night, and, and George kind of touched on it a little bit then, um, about the style that Burnley are now playing and, and the way that we are looking. 
is there an irony here? And are we <laughs> are we starting to be um, the role reverse victim of what we've done to other sides for quite some time now? I'll explain what I mean by this. I started to feel it at the looting game with their very physical um, approach to the game and um, all men, you know, behind the ball, everybody knowing what they're doing and, and you know, the, the generals in front of the goal, not letting anything through. And then last night, Hull clearly came to turf more for a point. Um, the time-wasting tactics, the lack of desire on their part to even try and go for a winner. The cheers from the whole crowd at the end about getting a point away from home, they were, it was, it was, it took me by surprise when I heard them at the end. I was like, blimey. Um, I'm starting to understand why Birmingham is so unpopular in the Premier League in our previous years of what we've done to other sides. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think it's fair. They're starting to burn Leels a bit, aren't they, these sides? So I think that we can use that. Um, they are. They start. They're starting to outburn Leos, and we are going to have to get used to it. I I look back on it, and I think you know I completely appreciate the way we've played in the past. I completely appreciate these teams coming and playing that way. It's the way you have to play against sides that are passing the ball about. You have to grind out your result. You have to be more physical. And there are bits of it that I miss. I miss the physicality of it. I miss having some bigger lads in there, and I think um, you do make the most of it when you have it, but. I don't begrudge him at all. I don't begrudge him a, a little bit of time with. I do. You know. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite and, that and, way. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't begrudge it at all. I think, you know what, we, we had our tactics. I'm sure Tommy Eaton got booked a couple of times for time wasting when we uh, when we played as well. And uh, it's it's going to happen. And at the end of the day, you get a result the way you can. And we're going to have to get used to the fact that, you know, we're not going to be playing that style anymore and someone's going to make the most of that and other teams are going to make the most of the fact that they can chuck us around the pitch a bit and annoy us that way. And they were getting frustrated. I could see Connor Roberts, I could see he was getting frustrated, which I thought was um was quite ironic in that way. And I know with the with some of the with some of the way you were playing last night, I thought it's a bit ironic that you you're throwing your hands about when the time wasting and we can sit there and we can complain. But like we say, we, we've all done it and you have to get a win. You have to get your points in, in some manner. So, um, yeah, I don't begrudge it. I and mean, I think we're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, just picking up on that that end, that, that final whistle then, George, is it is it indicative of where other fans and other clubs now see Burnley, that there was such a reaction from the whole fans at the end? Or do you think it was something as simple as we did actually play them off the park for a significant amount of that game and they were very lucky to come away um, with a point? Or do you think it is why? Did you think that Vincent Company and the players that he's got and our history over the last 10 years has afforded us a little bit more respect than maybe we are we realise right now as fans? It's an interesting one, isn't it? And it's it's not something I picked up immediately um, after the game, but that was mainly because I was muting my computer so I could take that quick post-match reaction video uh, for our socials. Uh, ever well, the on ever brand, the George, I love it. Ever, ever the professional. <laughs> but I, I found that was one of the most telling and interesting things from company's interviewing that he said, well, I said, he said, as though I'm Vincent Company, I said to the lads after the game, you'd, <laughs> would you rather be the team who's just come off the field dead dead to the world and had 20% possession? Or would you be the team that's been chasing, been going after the game, controlled the game and dominated it? And he, he mentioned the, the reaction from the whole fans after the game. And I think it's going to be something all season where even against Watford, who are now third in the league and 
and, and look one of the strongest sides in the league. They were absolutely dominated by us all game, created one or two chances. And I think it's going to be like that all season. So whilst, you know, at the same time, people can be from frustrated from last night and a bit disappointed not to win, you know, and not disappointed with the progress we're, ma- we're perhaps making so far. You just look at that and think, well, you know, we are impressing teams because people are not only scared to scared to play us, but almost relieved when they get away from playing us with, with any points at all. So I think it shows that we've made a very impressive start to the season and and really surprised a lot of teams in, in the way we've managed to completely change our style and stamp our authority on games. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um Charlotte, we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to do this. We're gonna to have to open this can of worms because it's the topic of conversation that's on everybody's lips at the moment, and it is being debated to no end on social media. Um, Burnley, seventy-seven something like that percent of possession, fourteen shots, just one goal. We've played four games now in this championship campaign and scored just three goals. How critical is it getting, despite what Vincent Company says, how critical is it getting that Burnley get a target man, get a striker in that squad who can start converting this possession and these chances into goals, which in turn converts to three points? Yeah, it's what it's all over socials, isn't it? The striker, striker debate. I guess I see both sides. I do see both sides of it. We, I do reckon we're desperate for one. I do reckon we're desperate for someone for... Even just having an extra person in that kind of role, even if you don't start straight away, even if you don't fit in straight away, just having someone to rotate in and out, try every combination that there is, see if we can get some ending on there. I see both sides of it, like I said, and and we see that we are needing someone on there. I think I... I was getting... I said at the risk of sounding old-fashioned last night on Twitter, I said... the short corners are frustrating me and mm. a lot of people saying back to me we don't have anyone in the box that will get on the end of a corner and I completely see that and I don't think that type of striker is going to suit Vincent Company's way a big man to get on on the end of a on the end of a corner but you can see where if we had that type of personality that type of player to rotate in and out I thought Jay was fantastic last night like we've said I think he's going to be a a critical player for us this season if we can keep him fit um but I do I do see the the need for getting somebody else in someone a striker in that we can maybe rely on for a few more goals and we might not get a proven striker there's not one knocking about we know that but someone that we can definitely rotate in and out of the team and we can try all the combinations and we might have a little bit more luck yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that because I think it, it. this is the thing. It's easy for fans to sit at home and look, we've all done it, say, we need a strike, we need this, we need that. But there is absolutely no proven championship goal scorers out there who are available. So anyone you do bring in is a risk. People saying, oh, we should have gone for Liam Delap on loan. Well, clearly we didn't want him because if we did want him, it's quite apparent that we can have anyone we want from Manchester City on loan. So we didn't want Liam Delap. And then you, you're thinking then, right, you're looking to other leagues and to strikers who aren't proven goal scorers in the English division. So it, it's really not the case of, well, last time we came down and we bought Andre Gray. There's not that kind of striker really out there who would be available to us this time around. And personally, I'm sort of a, of the opposite view in that. For me, last night, the draw was absolutely, was very little to do with our lack of a striker signing. 
like Charlotte said, I thought Jay Rodriguez played really well. It's easy to forget he got the goal. You know, we scored oh. through we got we scored through Jay Rodriguez. I think there's an argument there to say, okay, but we needed someone to bring off the bench and and really add the extra vigor last 20 minutes. But I think the missing piece for me with Jay Rodriguez in the team is someone to sort of slot into Brownhill's position and offer a secondary goal threat in the box because it's all well and good. We're going up towards the 18-yard box with all our passing. But once we get there, there's only really Jay Rodriguez in the box who's a goal threat. So the defence can just mark him out of the game. Yeah. And then there's, there's no way there's no way of us breaking through the lines and, and almost creating a chance like we did to score the goal. There needs to be an, a man in that number 10 position whilst we're only playing a lone striker. That man in behind has to be a goal threat. And for me, I'm really wary of putting too much pressure on one guy's shoulders. But if you put Scott Twine there instead of Brownhill and possibly put Brownhill in another position, because I really, I really do rate him. But say you have Scott Twine there, all of a sudden the defenders have got Jay Rodriguez to worry about and Scott Twine, one of League One's top goal scorers. And I think then the creativity will come. The wingers will get more used to playing together. And I think it'll all start to settle. But for me, it's that number 10, 10 position that's vital as long as J-Rod's starting. But Charlotte, like you say, whether J-Rod can last through the season, who knows? And look, it is important we get another striker, but he's not going to be a proven one. I don't think we necessarily need that, though. But with what you're saying there, George, which is um, a really good point, how do we then link that to Vincent Company's insistence that he wants two competitive players in every single position um, and he doesn't have that up front he doesn't have a replacement for Jay he doesn't have a replacement for Scott Twine otherwise that said person would be playing right now while Scott Twine is injured um, so we've already got both of them who have delayed the start of the season through injury Jay is prone to injuries slightly at the moment and is a little bit older than, than Twine so in that sense it doesn't matter whether or not we're saying that striker has to come in and take the weight of the world on his shoulders. We need to, we do need to get somebody else in. We need cover. Last night, for example, George, bless him, I love him, but two, the two things that you two have both said there, when he did make the substitution, he took, he took Jay off, he was absolutely knackered by the end. Did Ashley Barnes actually have a touch? Well, number one, no, Charlotte's absolutely right. He, he won't suit the style that Vincent Company's playing. And number two, he isn't a direct replacement for either Jay or, or Twine at the moment. So we're going to have to buy somebody. Well, to play devil's advocate and to be Vincent Company's PR man, um, <laughs> as, he's, as, he's, as he's stating... Is that your official role? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm angling for it. It'll be better money than what I'm doing now. <laughs> but to, but to, to put his own words out there, as he said in interviews... There is two people competing for that slot up top because Ashley Barnes is on the bench, and that's that's what he keeps saying. Now, I think it's harsh, really. Like I get the I get the criticisms of Barnes, but last night the ball didn't even get anywhere near him because we were too busy passing it around the halfway line. Oh yeah, line. no, that wasn't. And, and he only came on with seven minutes to go. But look, I totally get there. Do there does have to be another another striker on the bench to bring off to bring on on when Jay's you know, coming coming off the pitch, to be honest. There simply has to be a striker there. Now, I think, because we're talking about this attacking attacking threat or lack of a threat, I think a lot of it's down to the wing play because we rely so much on the wingers with only having one striker. I think we're in a bit of a holding period in that the reason Bastion's starting games out on the wing is because the wingers who we've brought in were signed later into the summer and are simply not up to speed yeah, with the players who had a... 
who had a full pre-season. I was impressed when Teller came on last night. Mm. And suddenly, if you have a Teller who's up to speed, maybe starting on Saturday instead of Bastion, you've then got really two natural wingers out wide. Um, Vitinho, again, it's going to take time to, to, to really get, get his foot into the English game. It's the same with Benson. So I think we are just waiting for, for those wingers to really get used to this league. And then, obviously, like I say, a real secondary goal threat in behind Jay Rodriguez. So, it's hard. look, it's harsh. It's hard to say, like, stay patient, trust the process. But at the same time, there does have to be a realisation of this is a project. And as long as we can pick up, pick up enough points along the way and cut out the sloppy goals, if we cut out the sloppy goals, we'll be winning many games 1-0. Yeah. Well, I'll come on to that in a second. But one thing I just want to stick with you there. Um, we're talking about you know, trust in the process. We know how long the championship is. We know that nothing ever gets decided in the first half of the season. Um, things don't really get going in, in the championship until January time, which is going to be even later this time as well with the break for the World Cup. So actually, I think at this moment in time, we've actually got a real blessed position where VK can probably just play around with his team, get everybody settled. And just as long as he's within touching distance of, of the top six or seven by Christmas, then... He can, by the time we come back after the Qatar break, we can, we'll know who's fit, who's not fit. We'll know who's playing in what position, what his best 11 are. We'll have all sorts going on there. So I think that's really important. Um, George, I'm going to stick with you for now because we know from um, the last analysis show that Charlotte does not look at goals um, and she has keep close, she goes behind the cushion and behind her eyes when we start conceding things. So let's talk about um, the goal, which was as I already mentioned, heavily against the win of play. Oh, my God, it was against the win of play. Um, I'm not yet feeling that confident about our defence. Um, love our keeper. It scares me to death, as, as he does Charlotte a lot of the time. But from a defence perspective, it's not really clicking for me at the moment. Um, I The goal particularly was very disappointed to concede. And in fact, Burnley have only faced four shots on target so far this season, which is incredible stat in terms of keeping the chances at bay. We're obviously doing something right, but out of those four shots on goal, we've conceded three of them. And that's not great. I'm going to kick this off with the obvious one, again, being debated on social media. Charlie Taylor at centre-half. Didn't have the best of games last night, in my opinion. Um, where where are you on, on that debate, George? Yeah, it's um that's that's an interesting one to start with because personally, more than the defensive side of Taylor's game last night, I was actually disappointed in his in his passing game and he, he going forward and I just thought a lot of the passes he 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 sprayed out were putting a lot of people under pressure. So for me, that was that was my gripe with Taylor's performance last night. Now, if we're looking at that that triangle, we've got Murich, Harwood, Bellis, and Taylor. You know, to replace Pope, Tarkovsky, and me, I thought. And this is echoed by many people on social media. Howard Bellis was just unbelievable. Oh my word, he was so good, so 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 good to watch. So imposing, his passing and his assuredness on the ball. It, it was like, and it's cliche to say, it was like watching a young James Tarkovsky. He really was that good. Now Murich, I thought, I, I think the entire goal for Hull was a bit of a byproduct of the way we're going to play this season because we're pushing so high up the pitch and keeping a lot of the ball. As soon as an, as the opposition does win it back, they can send the ball over the top and try and hit us on the counter. And all of a sudden, Matson's miles out because he's attacking. 
and you know we're going to get caught out and i think we're just going through a bit of an unlucky period in that every every single chance we we give away the opposition seems to score and you you just go through spells of the season like that it won't be it won't be the same all season long i see a lot of people complaining again about the possession saying oh let's have less stats and more goals and for me it's not that simple you know you go through Let's say every game you score X and you have X amount of dangerous attacks. Say you have five dangerous attacks a game. In the period in between those dangerous attacks, I'd much rather we had the ball than the opposition had the ball because it's just less time for yeah. them to to create an opening. So for me, there's no gripes with the possession. But like you say, I I think Taylor, coming back to Taylor, I think I would like a, a proper centre-half in there against alongside Harwood Bellis. And there's... But as much as a gripe I had with Taylor's passing last night, that centre half has to be comfortable on the ball because it's so crucial to how we play. Yeah, which that's is, true. You know, maybe maybe in a few weeks once they've caught up to speed, the likes of McNally, you know, McNally might slot in for Taylor. But for me, there wasn't a single player I could pinpoint the the goal whose fault it was last night. It was just one of those things, and we're just getting unlucky with every chance we every you know one chance a game we give away the opposition scoring. So not too much criticism for me, but we'll have to see going forward whether it becomes a real issue. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, you might not think that this is a problem, but again, picking up on on some of the vibes coming through from social media from some of our fans, um, what's going on with um, Connor Roberts this season? Is it the new hair? Do we blame it on the new hair? Uh, yeah, it's definitely new hair. Change your hairstyle, you lose everything. <laughs> no, I, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I I like Connor Roberts, and I even I thought the last few games, he doesn't seem like he's too much in it. I don't know whether a lot has changed for him. He's, he's obviously been part of the team for for a while now and there's been quite a bit of change going around and it can take a lot of getting used to whether you know personal matters do come into it whether he's lost some of his mates whether he mates with members in the team and it is just holding you back a bit but I, I don't like it excuses too much and I think he were getting I, I could see him getting frustrated a lot last night when mm. it, with other players as well which I don't like that attitude I don't yeah if you make a mistake you know you've made a mistake they accept they've made a mistake like move on you know it's not gonna change what happens next um but you could see a lot of the time he were he was throwing his hands up he were shrugging his shoulders if you could see his eyes you think maybe he'd be rolling his eyes at some of the things that they were doing and I don't like that type of attitude and I don't know what is going on with him at the moment but he, he does need to maybe take a step back and think this is the team now you know this is my role this is the way we're gonna play and I need to kind of play into it a bit more. And I don't know, it maybe he's lost lost a bit of people are saying, Oh, his his heart's not in it. I mean, you can't you don't know. You don't know them personally enough to say that, but it it is the way he's playing does suggest it slightly and you think, Come on, let's you've been a Burnley player for this long, it's your team. Um, get on with it a bit more and, and stop bringing a bit of a downer because <laughs> that's what it felt yeah. like. It was, there were a lot of throwing his arms up and stuff. And, you know, I, I was saying before we shouldn't be dropping him. I still don't think we should be dropping him. You know, it, like we say, it's early days. I think it's a, where everyone needs to get used to one another. Everyone needs to get used to the style of play. I don't think he needs to be chucked out of the team straight away and never to return. I think it's just a case of he needs to accept that the way everything's going now. And once I think everything, like we say, we get that back line sort of, we choose who's going to be playing what type of way we're going to play and I think everything will settle down slightly and 
we can all get off his back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, sticking with you, Charlotte, the only other, uh, I guess, from a personnel perspective I wanted to pick up in was, of course, the return of Jack Cork last night. But we're not just at the stage now where we just need to just issue a memo to the whole of the footballing world and say, hi, managers, don't drop Jack Cork. Because just the difference know, I, he makes. I, did, I really didn't understand that decision um, at, when he dropped him at the, uh, at the game there. I thought... Okay, well, I'm going to trust you. I've trusted you so far. And then I thought at half time, chuck him back on. And he yeah, did. Get him on. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, what have we done that for? What was that little trick, that little joke we've thrown about there? And I've I seen some tweets where people are like, oh, he's made no difference. Well, it, let's play that really? game yesterday again. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> yeah. a couple. And they're like, I've seen a couple earlier. I was reading some and they're like, people are singing Jack Cork's praises. I don't really see that much about him. Well, let's play that game last night again without him and see what happens because I think it would be a very different game. I think he plays a role that people don't always, it doesn't always stand out. He's not always throwing himself about. He's not always chucking all the crosses in, whatever. He might not be the standout player to everyone, but he plays a very important role in the background. And I think he's he's got that armband for a reason. He plays a very important role, not just in the footballing, but in the way that he controls the game through his personnel as well. And I think to the people that were saying, I don't see the difference, play the game again without him and we'll definitely see the difference. Uh, he should be starting every game for me, um, unless there's some drastic change in him or some injury. He needs to be starting every game. He's the captain for a reason and I, I don't see him being dropped again. I think maybe we we learned our lesson for that half that he wasn't playing and, and the difference he made when he did come on. Yeah, I suspect a lot of it though is just also trying to manage the squad. He's not um he's not twenty one anymore, isn't young Jack. Um so his legs are gonna fail another season in the championship. But um yeah, let's I think it'll make a difference though for, for Cork in that because we have got such a massive possession play we are forcing the other side to run around and we we when we've got the ball they can run around all the one you know cork's not going whereas in the premier league cork was having to do that he was having to chase everybody else all the premier league players around the park so that might mean he's got more legs in him this season yeah hopefully that means he, he can play most of the games like we say he's not he's not having to run around he's not having to run laps around however much we were doing last season and it is more of a, a standing passing game at, at the moment and that might suit him a bit better. I mean, none of them are old, but in particular, he's one of the older players. He probably sure. he probably feels that he probably feels that way when when there's all these young lads coming in. But I I think that kind of style of play that we are at the moment it'll mean that we're not having to worry too much about that kind of physicality aspect of it. Um, but we'll just have to see. I guess we'll have to see how he copes with it. It's a lot. It's a lot longer slog than what we have been doing and. It's especially when you start getting cup games in and things, it, it can be a little bit more difficult. But I I can't see it. He has to start. Even if he comes off, he has to start. Yeah. Very quick one for you, though, before we start looking ahead to the weekend's fixture. Man of the match, please. George. Oh. Charlotte, you, you will give you a break. Let's get that's to charge George first. He's had time to think about this. Um, I think for me, it's got to be Taylor Hard Bellis, same as the club gave. Um, Look, we weren't amazing going forward, but the, the sort of passages of play we did have, which was many, um, most, of uh-huh. it came, most of it came through Howard Bellis being really assured on the ball, ball passing it forward well. I thought going the other way defensively, he was superb. You know, they, they didn't really create, they created nothing out of out of uh, any area of the pitch that Howard Bellis was responsible for. So, yeah, I was really impressed by him. And it's one of them, don't fall in love with a lone player, please. 
Oh, yeah, too late. Uh, Charlotte, your vote, please. Yeah, I completely agree. I go with the same one. I thought he was he did have a fantastic game. He was definitely one of the standout players for me last night. I kept I was talking to my sister the whole way through and I kept calling him Tarkowski and I, I it's not just the number <laughs> on the back, you know. I was like, No, it's not him. Um definitely a standout player and I completely agree with what what was given on the night and what George just said there. It's definitely Harwood Bellis for me. Excellent. Well, um, luckily, I don't need a deciding vote, which is always nice. But uh, just for the sake of, of clarity, it would have been a clean sweep anyway because he absolutely got my man in the match as well. I thought Jack Cope probably had a fair shout uh, if it wasn't him, but yeah, I don't think you can really argue with that on the night. So there you go, listeners. Your official No Nay Never analysis short man of the match was Taylor Harwood Bellis. So, looking ahead, two games, as so often happens in the Championship, sorry, two games in one week. We are back at Turf Moor again this Saturday for the first of many Lancashire derbies this season. It is, of course, the Seasiders Blackpool are in town. Um, Charlotte, very exciting to have Lancashire derbies back. It's been a while since we had them with us. Um, the best of Lancashire being in the Premier League for such a long time, while the rest of them wallow in the Championship. Unfortunately, we have joined them. Um it's a bit of a funny one, really. I'm, I'm fully expecting us to win, but I'm also very much looking forward to a cracking atmosphere with, with our local rivals coming to town. Yeah, that's what you miss about a derby, isn't it? The atmosphere that's involved with it, the the bit of the, there's more in it, isn't it? There's a fight. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I am, as we know, an optimist and I will go into every game wanting to and expecting a win. So that's no different to the one on Saturday. Um, I think... I thought the atmosphere last night was was pretty good as well. I could there was a lot of um of the chanting going around. I thought that kind of lifted spirits a bit, and I think it'll be even more so uh, going into Saturday. I thought the the whole fans last night were were quite rowdy as well, which uh, always plays into it. But um, I think it'll be even more so when we get the the local derby fans in. It's something I'm definitely looking forward to. I love a good atmosphere, even if the people around me sometimes don't. Um, but I love a good atmosphere, <laughs> even if they're wishing that I'll shut up. Uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I, believe me, I've sat with the same people around me for donkeys years, and uh, they are the applications of saints. I know they do because. Yeah, sometimes I get, especially when I get nervous. I'm, I'm just like you, Charlotte. Um, and, oh, well, funnily enough, the season ticket holders next to me seem to change every season for some oh, reason. I have oh, no really? idea what it could uh, be. You see, well, I, I'm, I'm taking some smugness from that means so at least mine have stuck around and I'm eternally grateful. Yeah, they've yeah, either got patience for the Saints or they're just find me amusing. I'm going to go with the <laughs> um, George, I am, well, I, I guess the first thing we need to consider is what on earth we think the formation is going to be. One of the things that's been quite the shock this season to the system has been every single game has had different players, a diff- slightly different style, a slightly different approach to the game. And, and I'm starting to wonder whether when we're going to repeat one or whether we're going to settle down a bit or whether company will try something completely different again at the weekend. What what are your thoughts on that? I'd be lucky to play the same system, uh, four two three one, but I think maybe a couple of personnel changes. I think We'd obviously hope that Jay Rodriguez is fit enough to start again at the weekend. But I was I was impressed by Nathan Teller when he came on. Um, I thought Vitinho had a, a quiet game, so I would be tempted to yeah. start. I'd be sort. I'd be tempted to start Teller, whether it's ahead of Bastian or Vitinho. Um, I could I could flip a coin really. I mean, there's the, the pros and cons in each player. I thought I think Bastian started the season well, but he's he's obviously not a winger. Um, but he does offer that there's a bit, a bit more control whilst in on possession. Um, I think you know, let's not be wary of 
of underestimating Blackpool. They're above us in the league already. They've won two games. It's one more game than we've won. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Local derby, like you're saying. The first time we've played them in quite a while. So, yeah. it should be an exciting game. But, yeah, there's only one change for me, and that's looking at bringing Teller in. Benson, again, wasn't particularly impressive last night. It's just what I think. But it's one of those things. Let's give them time to adapt to a new league because all of these signings are coming from abroad. You know, they're not all going to hit the ground running. So what, what do you do? What do you do up front then? Do you do you keep it as is? Do you maybe I don't know? What if what if Jay can't start again? What if he has or not? What what do you do? You come back and put Barnes and Costello in again, or do you? Yeah, I, I think. Know, well, I think. I've, yeah, I think Barnes would obviously have to start then. But I, I'm pretty confident that Jay will be able to do a, another another game. You know, he was brought off with you know seven minutes to go last night, probably just as a precaution. Look knackered um, though. Oh yeah, but you know, but but as a starting lineup, he should be able to start. And fingers crossed with this team. If we go one 0 up, I'm pretty sure we can see out a game because we won't be pushing forward as much. But let's just not go a go. Let's not go a goal behind, please. Yeah. Like why? Just stop making it hard for ourselves. Because I think if we slop out, if we cut out those sloppy goals, even you know we're we're really onto a winner. And um, yeah, so not much change to the team for me, um, apart from maybe bringing in Nathan Teller. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Charlotte, before we wrap up? You agree, disagree? Anything you want to see differently on Saturday? Um, yeah, I, I I was quite impressed by Teller as well. Um again, I I I hope Jay starts. I think if Jay doesn't start and we bring Barnes in, um, whether he plays on his own, like kind of in the same role that Jay did and we um keep as is otherwise, I don't think it's gonna make too much difference um otherwise I think we stay pretty similar to what we have been doing around the pitch um like we said Benson I was singing his praises the first after his first game he's he has quieted down a bit I guess it's he seemed a little bit worried after he was taken out twice within the space of a couple of minutes I mean I probably would be as well and it is a case of getting used to it like we've said um but I wouldn't knock him any further than that. Um, but I was I was impressed with Teller. But I have been impressed with Vecino as well. I think it is just a, a slotting in. And I wouldn't, I'm not too fussed either way, whichever way we start. I think it'll be a very similar game. Um, although I would like to see Jay start. I think it's going to be, other than that, anywhere else is going to be similar, whoever we start, as long as Jack Cork starts. Good stuff. Well, listeners, that is all we have time for. We will be back before you even blink an eye because these games are coming thick and fast. My thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed to make this analysis show out there, to my colleagues George and Charlotte for their expert analysis and lovely company this evening, um, to producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there, um, and to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we will not be here without you. Um, our analysis, sh- no, sorry our preview show will be out before the weekend we've just got to try and slot that into our schedule and and get some um, stats and facts and everything from Statman Dave so keep an eye on social media and announce when that comes out there otherwise the rest of the team will be back next week looking back on that game against Blackpool Um, take care of yourselves in the meantime and obviously let us know any thoughts comments or suggestions that you have you know how to get in touch I've been Natalie Bromley this has been the Moment of the Podcast Until next time.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.